Welcome again to The Compass, the podcast ministry of Calvary Baptist Church of Fayetteville, Arkansas. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue working our way through God's Word. On this week's episode, I have the opportunity to share from Revelation chapter 2, verses 8-11 through 11, as we talk about this issue of fear. But before we get to that, I want to take this opportunity to invite you to join us for worship at Calvary. Our address is 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. You can also find out more information at calvaryfayetteville.com. You can contact us through email there or give us a call at 479-442-4634. Again, we're looking this week at Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, as we look at the seven churches of Revelation and specifically as we look at the church at Smyrna and God's message through the Apostle John as he wrote these words that included, do not fear. Let me invite you to take your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 2. We're going to be looking at the seven churches of Revelation. Um, We did this several weeks ago. Uh, We were talking about the church at Ephesus, and so it tied right in with our study on Ephesians, but we're back at the churches of Revelation, and we're looking at the church at Smyrna with this big idea that we're going to look at today, which is do not be afraid. You know, as you figured out already from um, our announcement that I just shared, is we're taking that break from Ephesians. We aren't doing a a sequel to it like what we to Ephesians like we looked at several weeks ago when we looked at verses 1 through 7 of Revelation chapter 2. And we're not doing a prequel like we did last week when we talked about Acts chapter 19 and 20 talking about Paul's visit to Ephesians. We're on something completely different. We're talking about the these messages that Jesus was giving through the apostle John to the churches in the book of Revelation. So in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, you're going to find seven seven different messages, and we're looking at the second of these seven. And as I have opportunity over the weeks, probably months, maybe even years ahead, I'll finish up this, this series on these seven churches as we talk about these. Now, as most of you know, I'm currently working on my doctor of ministry degree at Midwestern up in Kansas City. And I'm studying church revitalization. Church revitalization is that area of focus that emphasizes changes that we might need to make to put our church in line with God's plan for His church. It's easy to drift from God's ideal. In fact, that's one of the reasons that John shared these messages from Jesus to the churches that we find in Revelation 2 and 3. Um, one of my, my instructor for the class, and I'm currently trying to finish. I have a paper to finish by the 6th. It's coming up quickly. So, um, But is Dr. Tom Chaney. He wrote a little book called The Seven Pillars of Church Revitalization and looked at these seven churches and talked about them and how that fit in with our need and desire to serve God and to follow God with God's ideal for the church. Now, with these churches, there were, they were doing some things right, but most of the churches were accused of some sort of wrong that needed correction. However, not all of the churches received correction. They received commendation and encouragement and exhortation 
as they move forward. The church at Smyrna, the church of Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, is one of those. There is not a condemnation. There is not a, uh, a thing that they are doing wrong that is highlighted in this passage. It is a message of encouragement, and that's the message that I give you today. Do not be afraid, for God is with us. Let's look at our text. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, there the Bible says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. These are the words of Jesus. Verse 9, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich in the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. And I just ask in these next moments, as we look in these verses, that you'll give us what we need. Words of life, words of hope, words of encouragement. Father, help us as a church that even during times of uncertainty and difficulty, that you will help us to love on those who are part of our faith family here and those that are a part of our community. God, that is what you have called us to do. Help us to fulfill that. Father, I ask that you be with us in these next moments as we study and look at your word. Forgive me where I fail you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk about fear. I know most of us have some sort of fear in our lives. Now, for me, it's always been the issue of heights. Um, if you said to me, all right, Dan, you're going to have to climb a ladder and change a light bulb, I would tell you, not a chance. I will find something else to do with my life, okay? It's just I have a problem with fear of heights. Now, the family legend goes that um, I was, my mom and I went down a flight of stairs in a, bad manner when I was super young, and the, the civil truth is that probably doesn't help my fear. I don't blame my mom for my fear of heights, um, but uh, it is one that I have had to deal with. But the truth is that I've set it aside on occasion. When I was at Temple Church, we took a, a group to Six Flags over Texas, and lo and behold, there's a Superman ride at Six Flags Over Texas. If you know my love of Superman, I thought I have to, to try. I have to do this. So Temple and, and one of the other sponsors said, all right, Dan, we'll do this with you. It's one of those rides that there are three seats. It's like a triangle. So there are three seats and then three seats and three seats. And you're taken up at a very fast rate of speed. And then you kind of drop. And then you fly up again and drop. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> now, you'll find on social media me standing boldly with the statue of Superman going, <laughs> you know, because I thought, this is great. I have conquered my fear. I've done this. But I don't know if I crushed Temple's hand in the process or 
I know I was not happy about what was happening while it was happening, but I did it. I overcame my fear. And then the summer of 2017, my daughter and my son and I were all on the, the Harbor High band trip. And so we, we went together on this trip. We were seeing a lot of different things. We went up in the, the, uh, the new tower that they built there, and that, that didn't bother me too bad. Um, but we went to Six Flags in New Jersey. And guess what? They have a Superman ride as well. So my kid, I looked at it with it, no, I can't do this. And my, my kids, one on each side, said, yes, Dad, you're going to do this, and we're going to do it with you. They strap you into a seat. You're sitting. I thought, okay, I've done roller coasters. I can handle this. And instead, it does this number like you're flying. And so, lo and behold, I am flying through this roller coaster ride. And I will tell you, for the first 30 seconds, I don't think I breathe at all in that process. Again, this tremendous fear. But I set it aside. Why? Well, because I was able to do something really cool with my kids and with my wife. You know, we did go to Chicago, and we went up in the Willis Tower, and we stepped out into that plexi thing called the Skybox up there, and, and I really didn't have a problem with that. I even survived a ride up in St. Louis in the Arch. That one was terrifying because it felt a thousand years old, this thing that slowly goes up inside. But you know, in moments like that, I can set aside that fear. But there are other times where a 10-foot ladder petrifies me, and I can't get up to the next section. We were doing some renovations at Temple Church in the youth room, and there were all these, you know, the men of the church were working on something, and they put a ladder to climb up into the attic that's right over the youth room. I mean, it's a short, it was like a, maybe an 8-foot, I mean, it's just the ceiling in a normal room. And I couldn't pull myself up into that attic, fear petrified me in that moment, and I couldn't get there. You know, this last year has been, the last year and a half, has been a year full of fear. There's been the fear of sickness. There's been the fear of death. There's been the fear of job loss. It's been a time of great uncertainty, and hopefully you've not lived in that place of fear, but it's understandable if you've struggled with it. The Bible has a great deal to say about fear. and Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are reminded to take courage and to fear not. Shannon shared a little bit ago some of these uh, passages that focus in on that. I want to share a couple others before we get to our text. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 46, 1-3, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, for I am with you. 
Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, the Bible says, For this reason I remind you, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. God's Word is full of reminders for us to not be fearful because we have the very God of the universe with us. In our text, um, Jesus gives these similar words. He simply says, do not fear. And the nature of the original language makes it emphatic. Don't be afraid of anyone in these moments. But I'll tell you, as we've gone along through this past year and a half, there have been moments where I've been afraid for my mom. I've been afraid for my kids. I've been afraid for my church family, for their physical health in these moments. Then I've worried and been fearful of what is this going to do with our church and how is this going to impact us long-term for ministry. But God's word to us, do not fear. Knowing the God and the creator of the universe should give us all courage to face the difficulties of life. However, we need reminders of his word to give us that uh, exhortation that we need. As we turn our attention to our text, it's important that we understand the setting and the context of this passage. Now, as we looked at the first um, letter to the church of, Church's Revelation, we saw Ephesus. And if you'll remember, Ephesus, as we talked about last week, was a center of worship for Artemis. And so there were all these silversmiths, and they were making idols, and there was problems in Acts 19 and 20, and that's the reason there was a riot, because the gospel had come to town, if you remember what we talked about last week. Well, this community is a, was a little bit different. It's close, 35 miles north of Ephesus, which for us, that doesn't seem that far. But again, remember, uh, you can't hop in a car or even in a motorboat to, to get there because this was a, uh, a port town. Smyrna continues to exist, at, unlike some of these other cities, as Izmir. Uh, it was the renounced um, birthplace of Homer and had a deep loyalty to Rome. It was out of this loyalty that emperor worship was expressed as a form of political and spiritual allegiance to Rome. Citizens were called on to burn incense and to say, Caesar is Lord. Now, After the, after the time of this letter, Polycarp, a uh, early church father, was burned alive in AD 155 for refusing to utter those simple words. Caesar is Lord. But he could not say that Caesar is Lord because Jesus was his Lord. You know, in this area, there was a strong Jewish community that vehemently stood against Christianity as it is referenced in our passage, the synagogue of Satan. Um, so there was a, a presence there that was, that was out for him, if we want to look at it that way. This was not an easy place to be a Christian. While our contemporary culture continues to be more difficult to navigate as a believer, the followers of Christ during this time 
simply had it much worse. Their life was on the line. Their livelihood was on the line. All of those things because they chose to follow Jesus. Now, the difference is that they understood identifying with Christ in his affliction in ways that we don't fully embrace. You can find that in Philippians 3.10. They understood what it meant to suffer for Jesus and to identify with Christ in that process. So as we move forward through the craziness of this pandemic and ahead towards a brighter future here at Calvary, I am convinced that the instructions to the seven churches of Revelation are key as we look at our own revitalization. Our first exhortation in verses 1 through 7 was simply this, to return to our first love. Know Jesus better. Embrace Jesus. Those, those simple things, those things that God wanted us to embrace and to look at fully. Today's exhortation is a simple one as well. Do not fear. It's easy for us to fall into that place. But the Bible talks about over and over that we're not to worry, we're not to fear, we're not to be afraid, but to simply put our trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone. So as we continue this morning, there are three things that I want us to look at. We're going to look at those together, and we're going to wrap up this morning as we understand better of what it is to, to, to not be afraid. Number one, when we face difficulty, Jesus knows our troubles. If we look at verse 9, we understand that as this was a message from Jesus, if you have a red-letter edition of the Bible, you're going to see all of this red. This is the words of Jesus through the Apostle John as he shares this to them. Verse 9, it says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Many times we think that when we face trouble, when we face difficulty, that people just don't get it. They don't understand. And it may be um, some things that they don't. They may not have experienced the same things, but our God is a God who knows all. He sent His Son to live in this world, to experience some of the, main, the pains and difficulties that we experienced. And so He recognizes some of these difficulties. So I don't know what sort of difficulties you're facing today, but I do know that Jesus is aware. He knows the trouble that you're facing. As Jesus communicated to this church at Smyrna, he knew that he was speaking to a city that their name meant bitter from myrrh. I mean, that is the, the, what was going on there. And as he identifies, he talks about tribulation. So if we kind of put that into easier terms for us to understand, we think about affliction. The afflictions, the difficulties, the pain, the, the suffering. But here he mentions two main things. There's the affliction of poverty. Now, what was happening is those that were following Jesus Christ were looked down upon. There were those that wouldn't do business with them. That made them more financially poor than they had been before. But what Jesus says, but you are rich. That immediate word of encouragement that no matter what financial difficulty you are in, you are rich because you have a relationship with me. That's the same for us. 
we're in a place of financial difficulty, we need to understand we are rich because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what hardship or what pain we're in right now. Jesus is there with us, and we are rich. Now, the other main difficulty that he was talking about was this affliction of slander. Now, the idea of slander is that somebody's saying something about you that's just simply not true, and it's being spread, and it's being talked about. And what is happening here is this group of Jews that were in this community, Jews that were Jews in name only, he refers to them as a synagogue of Satan, was spreading not only just the, the things that they were discouraged about or they didn't like about um, the message of Christ, they were speaking slander. They were telling lies about these believers. And in that process, the, these believers were facing more and more difficulty. Simple truth is that when we face difficulty, Jesus knows our troubles. Was this pandemic a surprise to God? No. The financial difficulties that you may have encountered because of this pandemic? That's no surprise to God. The difficulties that you're facing right now, for whatever reason, whatever thing you're going through, is that a surprise to God? No, it's not. He knows our troubles. He knows our difficulties. He loves us. He cares about us. He is aware of what is happening in our life. And He loves you, and He cares about you. I think really all that He wants is for us to acknowledge Him in our life. To kneel and say that He is Lord. He offers comfort. We look in Matthew 11, verses 28-30. We understand that His way... That's the better way for us to be a part of. He'll come alongside of us. He'll offer a time of rest. He is there with us. When we face difficulty, Jesus knows our troubles. The second thing that I want us to see this morning is that when we face difficulty, Jesus gives us instructions. He doesn't just leave us alone as a church, as believers, as individuals, as families. He gives us instruction. Now, as he's speaking to the church at Smyrna, he gives this simple instruction, do not fear. I think that's one of the things that Jesus might say to us today. Do not fear. Now, he goes on and finishes that sentence for what you're about to suffer, and then says that, behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Now, there is some difficulty with that. What, what does that mean? Was he talking about ten specific days? Well, guess what? He was warning them that they were going to face a time of tribulation. They were going to face a time of difficulty. But that phrase, ten days, is a reference to several different things that it could be. Uh, but where I landed is in research was it's just a set amount of time, a short amount of time. You know, we often say, well, give me a few, uh, it'll be a few days, or give you a couple of days. You know, when we say a couple of days, do we really mean two, or do we mean, you know, it's like the kids when they were little, a couple of minutes. Did we really mean two minutes? Or was it, it'll be a shorter amount of time. And that's what we find here. So they're going to face difficulty, they're going to face hardship, it's going to be for a specific amount of time, it said, do, do not fear. 
So when we face a difficulty, Jesus gives us instructions. Now, we can find and flesh that out all throughout Scripture as we look at different things, different heartaches, different. we know the solution to sin and the difficulties that are brought there. We simply need to turn to Jesus in so many different ways. Now, he goes on to give some other instructions, and I didn't include this on here, so if you want to put this as A and a half, or if you want to put it as C because there is a B, but he, goes on, he gives some instructions, says, Be faithful unto death. It is important for us to remain faithful to Him even in moments of difficulty and pain and hardship. Now, He says, be faithful unto death. And we, we understand what that means. We read what that means. But have we ever had to deal with that? Not many of us to face that sort of persecution and tribulation because of our belief in Jesus Christ. But there is a reality in Smyrna there's a reality that if they don't say Caesar is Lord, that they could lose their life because they will only say Jesus is Lord. So he says, be faithful unto death. Now the other point of instruction, it kind of comes towards the end of this as it talks about he who has ears, let him hear. This understanding that if you'll open up to what God's Word is saying, if you'll open up to what I'm saying to you, hear that, let the Spirit speak to your life, speak into your, your heart, into what's going on, and God will give you those things that you need as you face difficulty and hardship. You see, when we face difficulty, Jesus gives instructions. That's why we have a Bible. That's why we have this combination of God's Word that you can go to and you can find sources. And we are blessed beyond measure. You may or may not have seen different videos out there that show of, of, of places in Africa or places in China, places around the world where God's Word is not as prevalent. And you see people just rushing these boxes of God's Word. They want their own copy of God's Word. I love the work of Gideon's. I love the work because they're sharing God's Word. And we are blessed. I have a Bible here. I have a Bible on my iPad. I have a Bible on my phone over there. We have Bibles in our pews. God has given us a, an abundance here in this country of His Word. If you don't have a Bible, you can find one very easily. We will give you one from Calvary. We will give you God's Word. We have that available. You see, when we face difficulty, Jesus gives us instructions. And all we have to do is open up the pages of His Word and to find that hope, find that instruction, those things that we need when we need it. You see, when we face difficulty, Jesus knows our troubles. That can provide us a great deal of um, encouragement because I know how much and how powerful it is when somebody says I understand and they really do understand when we face difficulty Jesus gives us instructions not necessarily a way out of our problem but he does give us the tools with which to deal with those things that are going on in our lives. And then finally, when we face difficulty, Jesus shares hope. That's what I want. 
I think that may be what you want. As you face difficult times, as you, you face the, the loss of somebody you love, as you face a, the, the unknown future of what's going on in our community, in our country, in our, even in our church with people, and how do we deal with that? Well, Jesus shares hope. The last part of verse 11, it says, The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. What is the great hope that we find in Jesus Christ? It is the hope of heaven. That all the things that go on with our bodies and in this life are all temporary. One of my favorite illustrations that I've ever seen Pastor Kirk use is when he pulled out the rope from the back. I don't know if you remember that day, but he taped off just a little piece, the front end of that, with red. And said, this represents years zero through 70 in that range and then he kept pulling out more and more rope and more rope the, all the white and that represents eternity this this is temporary the hope we have in jesus christ is eternal life in the presence of god it is hope that Jesus shares, not just with the church at Smyrna, and not just with these other churches in Revelation, and not just with those that we find in the past. He shares hope with us at Calvary Baptist Church. He shares hope with you. The understanding for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, eternal life awaits us. That these temporary moments here in this life, these times of, of maybe coughing and Sickness, the irritations of limitations that are placed upon us, all of those things are temporary. And Jesus shares hope when we face difficulty. Now, my biggest question that I have, if you look at all of these things, do not fear, is why is the exhortation, this exhortation, so important for our church and others hoping to find renewal and to find revitalization as a church. That's why I come to this passage of Scripture and I look to this. Well, got a, a short little list. When we become driven by fear, we don't reach out and share the truth. Now, perhaps it's a fear of, of physical contact with others. That's something that we're dealing with and not, we can... That hopefully won't, will be a short-term issue that we're dealing with. But I know that as we speak the truth from this pulpit, there is always the possibility that somebody will come in and feel attacked by our words, by the truth. And we live in a litigious, a litigious uh, uh, culture. And we can be charged with a hate crime at some point because of us speaking to the truth of different things. It's a reality. And if we let fear drive us in those moments, we will not share the truth of God's Word. God wants us to go forward boldly speaking His truth to this world, sharing in love with those that need to hear, and we all need to hear it.
The second thing is that we become driven by fear, we become inward focused. We will only look to those around us. We'll only care about those that are here in the pew next to us or that are a part of our body, and we'll only care about them if we're not careful, if we allow fear to drive us. (coughs) But God's Word says, do not be afraid. The third thing is that when we become driven by fear, we lose sight of God's infinite greatness and His power. If I allow fear to dictate me, dictate what I do in my life, if I allow fear to dictate what we do as a church, then I am setting aside that God is great, that God is powerful, that God is almighty. I will trust Him. I will put my hope in Him for this. Our confidence and hope is in Jesus and in Him alone. Our hope as a church is in Jesus Christ. I, there are times that I'll tell you, I'm fearful. I look at where we have been as a church number-wise, see where we're at now, and I become fearful. What, what's the church going to look like in five years, ten years, fifteen years? But the hope is in Jesus. That's what we not just need to lean on, but completely trust in. Our hope is families. The families of our community and families of our country is in Jesus. And our hope as individuals, hope for eternity, hope for salvation, is in Jesus. For now and eternity, our hope is in Him. Our confidence and hope is in Jesus and Him alone. You see, we hear these words, verse 10, Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. As I read that, there are so many things going on here at Smyrna, Um, difficulties there, but as I see verse 10, the first three words are my exhortation to myself and my exhortation to you. Do not fear. Jesus is with us. He is our hope in life and death. He is where we place our, our confidence. He placed our hope is in Him and Him alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for these moments. We thank you for your word. I just ask that in these uh, days ahead that we will completely trust you. We will lean on you. We know that our, our culture, our community, our country, all of those things, we have lost sight of you. I just ask that you help us to trust you fully to lean on you in all that we do. Forgive us where we fail you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our heart's desire is that you grow and understand the direction God has for you in your life. We hope that by listening today, you are one step closer to discovering that for yourself. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and are looking for a church to call your own, we invite you to reach out to us at Calvary as we study and serve together. 
We meet for worship at 10.30 on Sunday mornings at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you wish to find out more information about Calvary Church or simply contact us, you can do that through our Facebook page or at calvaryfayetteville.com. Until next time, remember that God, His Word, and His people can provide direction for life.